Episode 31 Katie waited for Hunter at their table. Tonight she wore her black flag tank top to show Hunter her unmarked shoulders, neck, and arms. If he suggested giving her a tattoo, she wasn't going to say no. What did she want? A rose with thorns, or a scorpion. But Hunter didn't do pictures. She liked his name. Maybe he could write it, Hunter, on her lower back. He brought a bottle of Jack Daniels and two glasses. She threw down a shot and let it burn her throat. Hunter filled her up again. She lighted a cigarette. Over by the bar, Francine selected a song from the jukebox, The Gambler. Hips swaying, she made her unhurried way to the bar. She slipped her arm around Walt, Katie's dad's former sergeant. Good for Francine, she never gave up. Katie raised her glass to her, and she winked back. Katie had been coming to the link almost every night for two months. The regulars had long since accepted her. She'd slid easily into the rotation that brought Hunter's meals, did his errands, and helped clean up the bar. No one asked what was going on between her and Hunter. Here, everyone had secrets. Katie stroked the back of Hunter's hand, a charred-looking landscape of runnels and ridges. One letter on each finger of his left hand spelled out Roach. Fanned along the tendons were Delta, FNG, Mercy, and ML, small, down by the thumb. Sometimes you make me feel so stupid, she said to him. Francine bopped around Walt, who feigned disinterest. How do you mean? Just by sitting there and listening to all the shit I tell you about my life. I sound dumb. Mean. Hunter said nothing. I don't love him, you know. Who? Stick. Hunter poured himself another shot. Katie knew he remembered who Stick was. Everything she'd ever told him lived safely inside him. Sometimes I feel like a fake, she said. Like I can't really feel anything. I'm just pretending. I wouldn't even know how to fake it except I've seen someone acting sad or happy on TV. And when I think I should be feeling that way, I imitate that person. But none of it is really me. Katie felt on the verge of tears. But whose tears were they? Who were they for? Did she even believe what she was saying? And why was she saying it? In the candlelight, she detected a hint of a grin on Hunter's face. Closing time, he said. I don't want to go home, she said. It's time, hun. No. Hunter took hold of Katie's hand. Reflexively, she pulled it back, but he did not release it. A glass fell to the floor and shattered. This cannot be a game, he said. His ragged teeth flashed on that last word. Katie shuddered, but she knew what he meant. For all his tattoos, Hunter seemed to have no skin. He felt more pain, more deeply, than everyone else, and he was putting himself in her hands. I don't play games, she promised. On the stairs to Hunter's apartment, his body closed off the space behind Katie, driving her upward. The apartment was filthy, redolent of something wild and animal. In the darkness, Katie saw a mattress on the floor and a wad of rough-looking bedclothes on top of it. At the other end of the room, she made out a desk. A towel hung from a nail beside an ancient-looking sink. Three canning shelves groaned under rows of tattered paperbacks. Being in nothingness, the brothers Karamazov. She had no time to see anything else. Hunter shoved a pile of books off the footlocker at the end of the bed and flipped the lid open. Out came a coil of climbing rope, like a charmed snake. "'Jesus,' said Katie. "'Don't worry,' Hunter said. "'The rope's for me.' Katie saw at once how the fumblings with stick, the back rubs with the wandering fingers that she'd half hated, half enjoyed, had been literally child's play. They did not even count as a learning experience. What was about to happen was all new. Do you trust me, said Hunter? Yes. I don't want to hurt you. That's the last thing I'd ever want to do. You wouldn't, she said. Tie me to the chair. Katie tied him, following his instructions. Now you can do what you want, Hunter said. It turned out that what she wanted, first, was to be looked at. 
She undressed slowly as her captive watched. Goosebumps rushed over her body in the wake of her hands. She turned so he could see. She danced toward him, swaying her hips like Francine. She lifted his T-shirt and read his tattoos aloud. Then she kissed each one. Some were so faint that she had to pull his skin taut to read them. Later she slept under Hunter's rough blanket like an Indian. He stayed tied to the chair by the bedside. He couldn't take any chances, he said. During the night, Katie had a bad dream. She reached out for Hunter. She felt his calf, hard yet compliant in its bonds. M.L. is me lie, Hunter said. He had been awake the whole time, watching her. Who's that? Katie whispered. She whispered low and flat. Even half asleep and rattled from her dream, she realized this was the most important moment of her life, the moment she would learn the truth about the world. The slightest hitch, the smallest hint of desire or anxiety or excessive interest would seal Hunter's lips forever. It's not a person, it's a place, said Hunter. Katie said nothing. She didn't move. He told her what he had done there.